0: Welcome to Full Rigor of Florida True Crime Podcast. I'm Karen Curtis, and this episode is gut wrenching for everyone involved. And a single tweet can really stir the pot in a very sad and mm, unnecessary, fatal turn of events. Those
1: are two, uh, two counts of D1 dance floor. That's count one and count three. Uh, how do you plead? sentence for a term of 24 years. Driving and driving is not an accident. No one accidentally does it. It's a reckless and careless mistake. You took everything. I worked so hard to keep safe protect and protect destroyed it in one second. Careless second, you've destroyed it all. I want her back. Due to your selfish and careless act, you took the life of my precious daughter and you destroyed my family. How do you forgive someone that ruined your life and your family's lives forever? I have no excuses for anything I've done. That I say or do will ever change what happened, and it will never bring them back. And it may never even change what you feel. I just want you to know that that I'm sorry and that I really do wish I could change things.
0: That's Kayla Mendoza, a self-described pothead princess. She will forever be known as the too drunk to care driver who killed two women in a wrong way crash on the Sawgrass Expressway in Broward County in November of 2013. She was sentenced to 24 years behind bars in prison in Florida, six years probation for killing two 21-year-old girls who were best friends. Under state law, Kayla will not walk free until she is in her early 40s. I just
1: want to tell you a long story, you. It's my fault. One mistake changed
0: all of our lives. One stupid mistake. And I'm sorry. I wouldn't have called it a stupid mistake. That kind of uh, mitigates it. And it's not what the families wanted to hear when she pled guilty
1: doesn't put behind what we go through on a daily basis for what we lost that can't be replaced. No sentencing or anything would ever bring my daughter or Marissa back, but we are pleased with what the judge
0: handed down to her. So Marissa Catronio and her best friend, Caitlin Ferrante, were the two young friends killed in the crash. I get this, they both attended Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. Yes, you're right, that's where Nicholas Cruz killed 17 students and teachers and now the state's trying to kill him. But anyway, 20-year-old Kayla Mendoza hit them head-on while traveling more than 70 miles per hour the wrong way on the Sawgrass Expressway. The Sawgrass Expressway is a weird road. It goes east and west, and it also goes north and south. So it doesn't connect with 95. It starts like in the middle of the county. It begins at Southwest 10th Street, and then it curves and then heads south all the way down to 595 and Alligator Alley. So it's a long road, and this accident occurred on the entrance ramp to Atlantic Boulevard, which is on the north-south span of the Sawgrass Expressway near Pompano. Now, wrong-way crashes are cruel. They're unexpected. They're increasingly common. In fact, we had one just this week where a 30-year-old man was driving the wrong way, coming out of the Golden Glades, which is equally as weird as the Sawgrass. It's in Miami-Dade County. It connects the Palmetto with 95, the Turnpike, and Northwest 167th Street. You can roll around in this spaghetti bowl of roads for hours and you know never figure out where you are somehow this guy in the middle of the night got on to the Palmetto Expressway heading westbound in the eastbound lanes and he crashed into another car and killed the five occupants in that car it was one man and four women they all died instantly in the car he survived what's with all these wrong way drivers surviving And he's charged with vehicular manslaughter as well. He's in critical condition and they're waiting for toxicology on him. But anyway, it happens quite often often. And I don't know if it's said, how do you go the wrong way on a road? I mean, it happens on the turnpike. There was an FBI agent. I have it in my book, the accuser who was going the wrong way and killed two brothers in their Kia who were heading north and he was heading south drunk. And initially FHP said that it was the boys who were traveling the wrong way, not the drunk FBI agent. That's a whole nother story. You should check it out in my book, The Accuser. It's available on Amazon. So as I was telling you, Kayla Mendoza's blood alcohol was more than twice the legal limit. And just a few hours before the deadly wreck, she had tweeted, too drunk to care. And in addition to tweeting, too drunk to care, Kayla also tweeted, my car currently smells like weed. And then she tweeted, I have a test at 8 a.m. Why am I drunk right now? She explains why she tweeted, too drunk to care. Apparently, she had borrowed her boyfriend's car and he was not happy. The Too Drunk to Care tweet was
1: for my boyfriend because he was upset I was out hanging out with them and with Marcelo drinking because he wanted me to be home.
0: So there are a lot of red flags with this story. First of all, Kayla is out drinking. She's 20, she's underage. She shouldn't be drinking. Kayla is out drinking with her boss. She worked at T Mobile. Kayla was driving a vehicle for which she did not have a license to drive. All of these things should have been red flags and should have prevented her from even getting behind the wheel. She can't fix things. How could she bring back Marissa and Katie? That's fixing things, and she can't do that. Initially after the accident, Kayla and her attorney argued that the judge should let her out of jail so she could spend time with her family and heal. All she's asking is... The ability to spend some time with her family. I
1: broke my left leg and my right leg I shattered.
0: The judge kept her behind bars on $600,000 bond. If I could take my
1: life and that would bring Caitlin and Marissa back, I would do that in a second.
0: Yeah, Mendoza sent a letter to the court, unbeknownst to her own attorney, months after being sentenced to 24 years in prison, asking that her sentence be cut in half because she, quote, learned her lesson. Our
1: daughters don't have the option of saying, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in an urn. I don't want to be in a casket. And she has the nerve to say that, that she's learned her lesson. If the system even considers something like this, they have no respect for this system that we have called justice. So
0: what happened? It was a Saturday, November 16th, 2013. Kayla's boss invited her to watch a UFC fight with other co-workers at Tijuana Taxi Company on University Drive in Coral Springs. This was after her shift ended at 9 p.m. Remember, she's driving the boyfriend's car. It's located in the same shopping plaza as the phone store where Kayla worked. Kayla said she wanted to show that she was serious about advancing in the company. Unfortunately, while trying to prove herself, she downed two fishbowl margaritas. The restaurant receipts show she ordered two large 32-ounce margaritas, which contain five to six shots of tequila each and two shots of Patron Silver
1: none of this was intentional it's not like i wanted to go up to the restaurant and i just wanted to drink and drive around and crash and kill somebody thank you very much and that i know that no matter what i see no matter how much i apologize it will never change what happened i don't feel that
0: there's any way that i could really express my apology so when her boyfriend got home from work and saw that kayla wasn't home at their coconut creek apartment He was upset. He texted her and said, I let you use my car to go to work, not out to dinner. And that's when she texted the too drunk to care. And that text is really what saddled her with this persona of just being evil and a drunken pothead. Then to add insult to injury to too drunk to care, Her attorney said that Mendoza was also a victim herself, that a work supervisor allowed her to drink and then poured her into her borrowed car to fend for herself.
1: You have a young woman who was left curbside by her store manager, and she had to fend for herself. So, to me, she's a victim as much as the other two young girls are.
0: Oof. But... Kayla does say that her pain is different from what the victim's families were experiencing. It was nice for them to hear that, that they're not the only ones living in pain and the hell that they're living in, but it doesn't make them feel better, and it doesn't bring the girls back.
1: My pain does not even compare to the pain that you're in, and I will never compare my pain to yours because it's nothing. I wish that I could change it. I wish that I could turn back time, and I wish that I could make to you.
0: So Kayla Mendoza is a Christmas Day baby born in 1992 in Miami to Winston Mendoza and Kim Massey. When Kayla was two, her father was murdered, left her mom strapped for cash, and she was raising the girl on her own. Two years later, Kim Massey met another man and had another child, a boy, and Kayla attended Hallandale High and worked at chain stores at Aventura Mall. She didn't have a car, so her mom drove her around, and she had no interest in academics, but she did not drink a drop of alcohol or smoke pot until her senior year peer pressure the next year she began working at T-Mobile and she first relied on the bus for transportation then she moved in with her boyfriend Frederico Reyes and then he would drop her off at work though she didn't have a license sometimes she drove his Hyundai Sonata now it was around this time that Kayla said that she began to drink beer socially she was 20 after her shift at the phone store Kayla would sometimes accompany her co-workers for drinks She was underage. Bartenders didn't ask for ID. She didn't even have a fake ID. So at 1226 in the morning, Mendoza signed her bar receipt. She was so intoxicated that she wrote the tip amount on the signature line and then forgot to sign her name. Her co-workers were headed to Vegas Cabaret Strip Club in Lauderdale, and Mendoza was wary but agreed. Her manager drove her, but when they decided to go to another strip club instead, Kayla said she wanted to go home. So her manager then dropped her off at the curb where her boyfriend's car was parked. And then at Atlantic Boulevard, Mendoza turned right instead of left onto the off-ramp of the Sawgrass Expressway. There were calls to 911 pouring in that vehicles were swerving to miss a white Hyundai Sonata at 1:47 in the morning. Florida Highway Patrol was notified about a vehicle traveling north at more than 80 miles an hour in the southbound lanes. Now one of the callers was a Boca Raton man and according to him he was traveling beside Kayla for four miles on the opposite side of the road. And then he saw a few cars swerve and a big explosion. It was 1.49 in the morning. The Sonata rammed head on into the Camry that Marissa Catronio and Caitlin Ferrante were inside of. They had dropped their friends off in Boca Raton. Both cars were destroyed. The Hyundai was in flames. The engine had come through into the passenger compartment. It pinned Marissa and she was dead. Caitlin in the driver's seat was badly injured. Coral Springs police arrived on the scene. They noted Caitlin was moving her head and her arm slightly. Coral Springs Fire Rescue used the jaws of life to get her out, and they transported her to Broward Health North as a trauma center. Kayla was treated at the scene and taken to the same hospital by ambulance. Caitlin was airlifted. Back at Marissa's home in Coral Springs, Natalie Catronio was concerned her daughter had missed her 2 a.m. curfew, and she noticed the GPS dot wasn't moving on her phone. And she kept calling her daughter over and over, but there was no answer. Now, Marissa's brother, Jesse, was watching a movie with a friend in the family room. And then the friend's mother, who was an ER nurse, called to check in. And she told the family of a horrible accident on the Sawgrass. The Catronias hoped that Marissa was stuck in traffic or had gotten a ticket. And they immediately rushed to... the crash site. This confused FHP because here's the Catronios asking about a red Camry and they didn't understand how the family had been notified and they couldn't say whether Marissa was okay. The family just kept asking, just tell me if you're working on a brunette. Finally, one officer said a passenger had died on impact, but the driver was airlifted with a pulse. So it was Marissa's car. The Catronios believed that she was alive. Police escorted them to Broward Health North. They waited for three hours in the ER. Of course, they were afraid and angry. And by 5 a.m., the officer walked into the waiting room carrying an ID, and they saw that it was their daughters. They all collapsed, heartbroken, Now, Christine Ferrante says that her daughter's jaw, nose, arms, and legs were broken. Her brain swelled from impact, but her injuries were so severe that she didn't wake up. She was brain dead. So, hours later, a hospital representative began talking to Christine about harvesting her daughter's organs. Meanwhile... Down the hall, Kayla was recovering from surgery. She had broken her legs in multiple places and suffered a brain injury, but was expected to make a full recovery. If I could take my life and that would bring Caitlin and Mercer back, I would do that in a second. And on May 4th, 2015, two months after pleading guilty to two DUI manslaughter charges, Mendoza was sentenced to 24 years in prison. In addition, she will serve six years of probation after her sentence, and she's permanently banned from driving a motor vehicle. Again, she'll get out of prison when she's in her early 40s, so probably too old to have a child as well. The parents of the victims obviously don't want to hear anything more out of Kayla Mendoza.
1: Do your time. You did the crime. Leave us alone. Leave the band-aid on our wound and let it heal, which it never will.
0: Also, there was a flurry of civil lawsuits against all of the parties involved. The mobile store operator employees themselves have testified that in fact they were there, that she was there with them wearing their uniforms. They knew she was underage, Kayla Mendoza, and they allowed her to drink at 20 years old to the point of oblivion.
1: We want Kayla to be able to take accountability for what she did and for every party that's liable for what happened, they need to be held accountable.
0: You can't put uh, monetary value on on what happened on this day, but we can't hold everybody that's accountable for it. So that includes T-Mobile, the bar, the boyfriend who lent the car, Kayla, etc. Meanwhile, Gary Catronio and his wife founded Marissa's Way, named after their daughter. Marissa's way aims at educating teenagers on the consequences of drunk or distracted driving, like texting and driving. Because at that age, young people feel like they're bulletproof and it's not going to happen to them. And they don't really take into account the consequences of their behavior. In Kayla's case, she doesn't even remember the crash. And I don't know if it's because she was in a drunken blackout or if it's from the brain injury from the accident. But either way, she doesn't remember. But she is very, very contrite.
1: Since the accident has happened, I have prayed that I could remember. I wish that I had something to tell them, but I don't. If I could take my life and that would bring Caitlin and Marissa back, I would do that in a second. And I just want them to know that, like I said, it will never go away. And I talk to them and I pray to them every night. I apologize to the girls every single night. And I just pray to them and I say, please just help your parents understand that I didn't mean for this to
0: happen. And then I'm sorry. She's definitely sorry, obviously. And it was one night out of her life and she totally screwed up. I mean, it's awful. She killed two people. But I wonder if she had not tweeted too drunk to care if she would have gotten 24 years in prison. It's just something to think about. Well, that wraps up this episode of Full Rigger. Please check me out on Instagram at Full Rigor Podcast. You can see photos of Marissa Catronio and Caitlin Ferrante, the crash scene. It's devastating. And of Kayla Mendoza. I appreciate you listening to Full Rigor. Please leave me five stars if you liked the episode. And message me on Instagram if you have an idea for my Full Rigger podcast. As long as it's a Florida true crime, I would be happy to accommodate. Well, that wraps up this episode of Full Rigor. Thanks for listening. Until next time.